Welcome to the latest episode of the Keeping Pace podcast. I'm your host, Mike Moreau. Kim Muggle is my latest guest. It was fun to hear Kim's journey from running just to get out of the house to attempting to qualify for the 2024 Boston Marathon at the upcoming Chicago Marathon in October. She's fun to run with and was just as much fun to talk to about running, food, and life. Enjoy the conversation and enjoy getting to know Kim. Kim, how's it going? Thanks for taking time out of your day to join me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. How's uh how's it going? What's what's the day been like for you? The day has been hectic. I um woke up, I usually do my runs in the morning, but uh it was there was a threat of rain within half an hour. I was like, oh, I'll just wait till later in the day. And then of course, you know, that didn't happen. So I regret not getting it in this morning. I I skipped my morning run too because uh it was pretty gross out when I was gonna leave. So yeah. I did some of it this afternoon. Nice. Yeah. I just walked out my dog and it's actually, you know, really nice outside. It's like fall weather. Oh yes. I'm loving it. I know it's not going to completely stay, but I was excited for this night run. (laughs) Yeah. Crisp 70 degrees. Perfect. I'll take it. All right. So, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about running, of course. Um, yes. Well, first, actually, give us a, a little bit of an introduction on yourself. Um, sure. So my name is Kim. Um, I've been in Chicago for about five years now. Uh, previously was in D.C. and part of that in Philly, originally from New Jersey. But uh, yeah, this is now my home or has been my home for the past few years. Nice. And uh, what uh, what brought you what brought you to Chicago? So I had been to DC for a while. And once I finished grad school, was looking to make a change. Five years is an eternity in, in DC world or DC terms. And I uh, wasn't quite sure if I wanted to move east just yet. And I had been to Chicago for a half marathon, actually. Um, I've done the uh, Chicago rock and roll in the heat of July. And um, I just remember thinking, you know, it finishes on Lakeshore Drive and I thought the city was gorgeous um, and it seemed like a good, you know, quality of life uh, from my perspective. It had the greenery that DC has, but a bigger city feels similar to New York, but on a little bit smaller and tons of sort of neighborhoods similar to kind of the Philly vibe. So I figured as, you know, someplace I could see myself living and, you know, eventually made the move out here that's a nice little transition to running so before we get to your your half marathon the rock and roll one what (laughs) how did how did you get your start with running uh so i was thinking about this and i've been running you know on and off since i was a kid i my parents are pretty strict growing up and so you know like we they were pretty strict about us going out doing anything like you know everyone else had you know what 10 12 o'clock curfews my parents didn't even know what a curfew was right like anywhere i was going they needed to know why who are you, you know who are you going to be with etc and so i in the mornings like just as a way to get out of the house you know in the summers uh i would go with a friend to this track that was in walking distance from our house. I don't even know if we ran or walked two laps around the track, but it was basically an excuse to get out and then afterwards just go to Dunkin' Donuts. And so um, I remember we used to do that a few times a week and it, like I just kind of kept it going. And uh, you know, I honestly don't even think at the time I could run without stopping a full lap. Like I, I remember I had pretty bad asthma as a kid. So I don't know what really compelled me to go beyond just getting out of the house uh, for a little bit. And 
donuts at the time, but I did do track uh, and in middle school. Um, and I mostly did it because I think my friends did it. Because again, I struggled with running in general. And, you know, I think I was mostly there just for the social component of it. And I always would think like, why do I show up day after day if I really don't enjoy this? But um, I stuck through it. I think I did track in, you know, middle school. And then um, uh, I also played soccer. So with soccer, you know, I was the halfback. So mostly just, I don't think I had the best foot skills, but I just couldn't, would run up and down in short bursts on the field. And uh, eventually in high school, uh, a friend of mine who was on the varsity track team was like, you're not doing anything, Kim. Why don't you just come check out the team? And, you know, I was pretty hesitant at first. And then I was like, okay, I, I'll try it. And she did distance. So I was like, okay, I'll do distance. And I'll never forget like the first day of this is winter track. Our coach said we were running three miles to Talamini road and back from our field house. And I think I wanted to cry. Like I was like, I'm not capable of running three miles, you know, and I, I literally shag jogged the entire thing. Um, and again, for some reason, I just showed up day after day and, you know, sort of stuck with it. I, I think that's definitely the first time I've heard of someone say they kind of got started running because their parents were strict and they wanted to get out of the house. <laughs> I, my parents are, um, they're like, uh, you know, they're Pakistani is my heritage. Um, and yeah, they're just like, I mean, I like would do, you know, whatever, like to them, they're like, Oh, she's just exercising. So that's like an appropriate way. You know, it's fine. She can leave, you know, she's not up to anything bad. So it was just like, I could take whatever I could get to just get out of the house. So did any of them run? Did they think it was like weird or just like you were just out exercising? I was just out exercising, you know, like their idea of exercise is walking, not not that there's anything wrong with this, but, you know, walking at extraordinarily slow, like a drawl through the neighborhood, you know? So I think they were like, she's just waking up early. That's, you know, that's a good thing, I guess. And just going to get some exercise in. And so, yeah, but they're not, uh, I wouldn't, they're not runners by any means and are not really, uh, fitness, you know, very inclined, uh, you know, in the fitness world beyond walking around the neighborhood. Oh man. Well, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty cool, a cool way you got started. And then <laughs> it's, it's honestly, so it sounds like you didn't really love running, but your friends did it and you're like, okay, might as well. Pretty much. I, I kind of had in my head and honestly, only until recent years have I let go of the idea that I never really thought I had, um, you know, like I don't look, I never thought I looked like a runner. Right. So I, cause all the girls were usually long lean. I'm five foot one. Um, and so I figured I didn't necessarily have the build to run fast. And so, you know, I just, it, it took me a while. I mean, at first I was just kind of going through the motions, um, add on asthma to that and, you know, a few other things. And so I just kind of went for, you know, the pasta parties, the social part, you know, um, and to hang out again, honestly, after, after school and not have to, you know, go home. Um, cause at home, our parents are always just like, you know, our parents are very much like, you don't have time for TV, you don't have time for, you know, games or anything like that. You just have to study. That was very much the, uh, 
the uh, philosophy at home. So track was, it was between going home and studying or, you know, staying behind at school and having to do a few laps on the track, suck it up, but then we can hang out afterwards. (laughs) Pretty much. Definitely the most interesting beginner story I think I've heard, but yeah, I, I mean, I get it. I, I had somewhat strict parents too, but they also kept me very active. So I also wasn't home a lot and then when i was home i was like working on something as a kid so i know where you're coming from yeah yeah it's i mean it's funny because i still run now for a donut too i mean after our long runs on saturday the whole time my motivation is to go get you know dessert or sweets after the run um i've upgraded from dunkin donuts like donut vault now that's my go-to but (laughs) similar motivations Uh, one of these days I'm going to get to donut vault with you because I, oh my God. It's, it's still a place I haven't been. It is so good there. I mean, I know they even sell them at different places around West loop. Um, but I still love to go to their actual location on off of Kenzie. And, um, they're just the cake, the, uh, not cake donuts, the old fashioned chocolate donuts are so good. <sighs> okay. Now I want one, but I just had a cookie. So I'm okay. <laughs> Yeah, I got, I've, I've got so many recommendations for you. I have to bring you one uh, one Saturday. Uh, I would love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So one thing I, I definitely wanted to ask you about was, you know, you said you never thought you looked like a runner. How did you deal with something like that in high school? So it was tough because our, you know, the the runners that were JV or varsity, they got all, all the attention from the coach. And so if you weren't that, you kind of, you know, you weren't really given much time or attention. And it, it really bugged me a lot, um, especially because, you know, there'd be athletes that would join in the middle of the season. And I've been here all season long and you just showed up, you know, on, you know, day, whatever, and already, you know, eclipsing me on whatever, you know, uh, distance that we're running. And it really bummed me out for a while and took me some time to realize, hey, I mean, there's a difference between being the best and, you know, performing your best, whatever that is for your um, for your physique or, or your fitness level. But it, it took a it took a long time to sort of come to that that realization. I like that perspective you said of, you know, difference of, you know, being the best and performing your best. That's a, I think that's a good perspective to have, as, especially as adult runners and, you know, especially like amongst our group, because, you know, we have such we have a variety of levels of, you know, runners that we run with. And I think it's, it's hard not to compare sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because you are, you know, you are trying your best, but I think in high school, I also didn't have all the other, um, you know, tools that I now know, right. From nutrition to proper training, you know, in high school, honestly, it was a lot of just go out and run, you know, it's, it's not like I had really refined my technique or had done enough, um, speed workouts or distance workouts to really know how this is how you actually get faster or stronger as a runner. So I was doing, you know, a lot, you know, I was kind of going at one gauge every single time I was running. Um, so, you know, in my mind, you know, I was like, I'm putting in the effort. Right. Um, but it was kind of like, I'm putting in the effort, but I'm not really changing. I'm doing the same thing every day. Right. So there wasn't a lot of a variety, I guess, in my training. Um, And in my mind, you know, and I've since learned that, you know, I used to think it was so impressive that I can show up, you know, this is 
I guess after college now, I had done probably like five or six half marathons, a lot of them in DC and um, the one in Chicago that I mentioned. And I think the most I ever ran was probably seven or eight miles. And then I was like, if I can run seven or eight, you know, you can run the rest. I can wing the rest. And I just viewed it as like the fact that I can grind through it as like a mark of pride um, versus properly training, which now I understand that's actually a mark of pride to train for, you know, say 19, 18 or so weeks for a, a marathon or however many for a half marathon. That's more impressive than just sucking it up and, you know, grinding through it without putting in the proper training. So you ran throughout high school? Yeah, throughout I did. So I started this is probably my so, freshman year. Um, so I the context of the story is I remember I was tried out for the soccer team freshman year, and the mile we had to be able to run two miles in, if I remember correctly, 18 minutes. And I could not do it. Um, and so I, I didn't make the team and I was pretty bummed. And this is where my friend Kat was like, stop moping around. Why don't you just come with me um, in the spring season? So winter track. And so I did track that season. And then the following fall, she was doing cross country. And I was like, okay, I'll try cross country. I enjoyed cross country a lot more. And so, yeah, I stuck through it. I stuck with it for the remainder of three years. And uh, like I said, I, you know, I think in my best 5k back then was like, I mean, it was like 27 minutes. I think, I think my best mile was, I remember I was chasing a varsity girl. I think I missed the actual mile, um, the mile, uh, race, I guess. And, uh, so we were making up for it on a different day. And I remember I just chased her and that was the best mile I'd gotten. And it's like, I still remember it. Cause I saved the paper where it said, you know, Kim Mogul 707. And I was so proud of it. Cause I had never, you know, been able to run at that speed before. And I was just chasing her basically the whole time as best as I could. <laughs> That's awesome. I love, I love those yeah. little victories. Yeah. I mean, I know, like, I know their names. Like I still to this day, I have no idea where they are, but I remember the girl I was chasing, like, you know, to this day. And uh, like the things you remember, like the, the um, first workout I mentioned the winter track to Talamini road and back, like it's like ingrained in my memory. Cause I was so mortified. I can imagine like today we had our, our first day of cross country and you know, I always want to keep the new kids like, like not horrified of cross country. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, we had them like, there's like a basically a thousand meter loop around our school. Yeah. And so I let some of the veteran kids go a little bit longer and uh -huh. you know the newer kids, I was like, you know, Let's just do loops around the school. It doesn't matter if you're running or walking or run walking, but just, you yeah. know, just keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, what's, I mean, that's like such a good, uh, such a good, like such good guidance because I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you remember too, like when we were kids, the mile was like, we were forced to do it one. And I remember it was so daunting, like every, whether you're a runner or not a runner, everyone hated, you know, like, it's, Oh, it's mile day. Like everyone dreaded that day. And like, I recall memories like of our coach, taking a very different approach than what you take in the sense of like, I remember it was like pouring and we were supposed to run, I think maybe like two miles. And I think we did a mile, we jogged it and we're like, we're not doing this anymore. Let's go inside. And kind of we're like hiding out in the field house. And she found us and she was so mad and made, forced us to run another mile in the rain. She's like, you don't run, you're off the team. <laughs> you're like not allowed to come back. And I remember just hating her for it. You know, like not, I mean, I was like, this is not uh, making us enjoy the sport 
anymore like you anymore <laughs> by forcing us to do this. No, definitely not. You know, one of my goals as a coach is, yeah, I want you to do well, but I also want you to keep it in your life forever. That's, and that's something I got from the athletic director at our school. Yeah. Like that. So I like, I've always liked his approach to being competitive, but also wanting you to do it long-term. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because it's like, I mean, we're not doing this just for our health, right? Like if we wanted to do that, we wouldn't be doing some of the thing, the workouts that we do. Like there's a, you know, an ingrained, eventually an ingrained sort of passion for the sport. But um, I feel like when sometimes coaches take that fear-based approach, then it's like, then it's like, why am I here? So to kind of transition from high school, what, what kept you going after that into college and, you know, post-collegiate life? Yeah. So I, you know, I think eventually like, you know, even though I don't think I was going very fast, I had built up a level of endurance from cross country, mostly more so than from track. And after college, it was just a way um, to stay fit, you know, to stay active. I um, wasn't involved in any sort of running groups or anything like that, but um, you know, DC is just, I mean, beautiful by the, you know, by the river and, and just running through all the greenery by the monuments. And so, um, you know, I'd go out for like usually around maybe four or five miles at most seven miles. Um, and, you know, I, you know, had a few races scheduled and it was just really general fitness, nothing beyond that. And, um, you know, it was always just kind of fun to celebrate afterwards, but I always ran alone. Um, and again, it was just like, you know, I, I didn't really have any knowledge of the sport beyond throwing a pair of shoes and get out there, you know? So what, how did you gain that knowledge? Like that you've come to use as an adult, like what, where did you learn it? Did you get it from other people? Or did you, is this something you had to pick up on your own? So to give you guys context, all of those half marathons that I had run, I had the same approach with every single one of them. Right. So I just trained for loosely trained for seven miles and then went out and, and ran and every single one of them, I think I'm, my finishing time was within 15 or 20 seconds of it. So I was like, I'm not getting worse, but I was like, I'm also not getting better. And, um, so around COVID times, right. In I had sort of gotten into um, running around, I guess, winter 2020. Um, and I, um, you know, I, I had gotten into, well, I should sit back up for a second. I had gotten into sort of strength training and CrossFit in the fall. And I was doing that pretty regularly for the first time and uh, kind of approached that with the idea, like, I have nothing to lose. Uh, you know, this is hard, but I'm just going through the motions, similar to how I did with running when I had first started. Um, had done that for a few months and experienced, you know, tremendous progress um, in terms of general fitness. And then the holidays came and I was, you know, away from Chicago and I was like, where am I going to work out? And so I was like, let me start running again. So I, um, you know, started running again a few miles every day and then increased volume slowly but surely. And in the following spring, I was looking for a half marathon to run. But at that time, there was no um, non-virtual half marathons. And I was like, I'm definitely not going to do a virtual half marathon. That sounds horrible. And so I had seen that it was a Chicago marathon that fall. And it would always, always has kind of been like, a, oh, maybe this is a bucket list item. Like, you know, do it once and check the box. But I uh, thought about it for a month and I work with a charity called Big Brothers Big Sisters. And uh, they're one of the charities that run the race. And so kind of gave it a few weeks of thought. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to do it, 
I'll do it once. I'll do it, you know, in honor of a charity that I support. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes from there. And so I joined CES that summer and that was my first time training. Uh, well, one training, you know, truly training for AT, you know, for a dedicated, such a long period of time in general. And then two also training with a group. Um, and, uh, like, and I, I will, I will say it had occurred to me. I was like, can I wing the marathon as well? Like, you know, maybe run like 13 miles and just grind through the rest of it as well. And then I realized, okay, maybe that's not the best idea. Let me properly, you know, go through this. And so, um, you know, showed up for the um, Wednesday workouts and the Saturday long runs with uh, my group. And um, on the side, honestly, I listened to, I'm very much like, if you tell me to do something, I probably won't do it unless I understand why you're telling me to do it. Just kind of how I'm wired, um, whatever the topic, like I, I want to understand why you're saying do it this way, not that way. And I would always ask a bunch of questions with like people I was running with or, or coaches and, you know, I got some answers, but I wanted to understand, you know, deeper, why are we doing it this way? Why do we only run say, you know, 20 or 22 miles, not a full 26 and prep for a marathon or why are we eating this way? And so, I just started listening to every podcast out there that you can imagine, you know, from like, I really like the running um, rogue podcast. There's a strength training one. Um, just like anything I could get, you know, and my hands on. And also I'm out there running for, you know, two plus hours alone um, on my individual runs. And so I would listen to a podcast for half the run and listen to music for the other half and just started accumulating more and more knowledge um, to understand how I could actually improve and get faster. So when did you kind of pick up that approach? Because it doesn't sound like you had that in high school or college. No, I mean, it honestly was with, I prior to, I think part of it is prior to COVID, you know, I never, if it was, I never really prioritized, you know, like consistently, I should say fitness, sleep, properly eating, any of those fundamental aspects. I never really, uh, you know, I always wanted to be, take those pieces more seriously, but something always got in the way. And I just got tired of feeling sluggish and, and slow and just, I didn't feel good. Right. And so part of it was kind of, um, uh, part of it was like a general fitness journey for me in terms of wanting to, um, lose some weight and be a healthier person all around. So that kind of started right before kind of around the time I picked up the strength training and the CrossFit component. And it's not, I, I literally just went through the motions. Like I, I remember I'd show up to my gym and I, in my mind, I was like, I am the slowest and weakest person here. There's nowhere I can go, but up from this, this starting point. Right. And I was at that point, but you know, I showed up every, not every day, three times a week in the beginning. And then eventually every day and, um, started seeing really positive results in my fitness level and, and starting to feel better all around. Um, and then kind of parlayed that into running over the holidays. And I, I just feel like, you know, running is pretty awesome because it's so you can quantify it, right? Like 
how am I performing today? Like if I was to run my mile today relative to my mile in high school, I already crushed it. And that's on mile repeats, right? Not even doing one all out mile. And so, you know, I started seeing little progress every, those days turned into weeks and months. And um, I just kind of got really excited. And so when I decided I wanted to do the marathon, um, you know, I, I wanted to take it seriously and start to see like, you know, what is possible if you really give it your all out and prioritize nutrition, sleep, um, proper training and, and COVID, you know, allowed me with, you know, working from home and with, you know, sort of just like not having to have the regimented schedule that I used to have some flexibility to actually prioritize those things, uh, lean into them a little bit more and, um, you know, kind of change my approach from, you know, like I said, just kind of winging it and not really putting in the dedicated time to taking all of those things very seriously and then seeing what happens then. I've I've said this to a couple of people I've talked to, but I think, you know, sometimes it feels bad to say that COVID helped a lot of people in ways, even though it also hurt a lot of people. And so it sounds like you're one of the people that got a positive benefit from it. Yeah. I, um, so people are like, people are pretty shocked when I say this, but like, I, I I didn't like set out to do this. I just didn't feel good. Right. So that's why I started. It was kind of like, you know, the same getting into sort of the strength training was the same thing as when my, um, a friend of mine was, you know, in high school was like, stop moping around about soccer. Just come with me to track. It was kind of the same thing with strength training. A friend of mine was like, what are you doing on Wednesday night? And I was like, nothing. He's like, come with me to the gym. And I was like, I don't know about this. And I think I like uh, delayed for a few weeks. And then finally I showed up and um, it sucked, you know, like I was, I think we were supposed to do five rounds of this workout. And I think I barely made it through three, but if you stick with it, like for me, so I lost um, 50 pounds over the course of, you know, about seven or eight months. Um, and that was peak COVID. So, you know, I, in the beginning when, you know, everything kind of shut down, it was like, we were eating everything, steaks, pasta, like, you know, extravagant meals every night. And I was like, this is not sustainable. And then on top of that, I'm walking two feet to the bathroom and two feet to the kitchen. Like this is not a healthy lifestyle and we can't go anywhere. (laughs) Um, But like I said, kind of got into fitness because we had the time and yeah, used, I, I, you know, it kind of is a weird thing to say, but for me, it definitely did. COVID did benefit me because it was the first time I prioritized myself. And, uh, you know, along with sort of losing the weight came, you know, huge gains as it relates to, um, building muscle and, and building speed and, um, you know, feeling strong when you run, which, you know, you know, like not every run feels great, but the ones that do, like, you know, I can feel myself smiling. Like I feel really good out there, um, which is just like, it's an incredible, incredible feeling. Yeah. It's, and you know, strength training is something that we all can benefit from. And I know we've had conversations separately, but when to try to incorporate, you know, the strength and the running and how to mix in both is, is that something you think you've, you finally kind of nailed down or you're, you know, still a work in progress? It's, it's the hard thing is sort of, um, you know, viewing it 
as like different periods of your training. So I really amped it up earlier in the spring this year. But right now, and I, I kind of grappled with this last season too, how to balance both, right? Because every time, you know, we, I lift pretty heavy, right? So like if I'm, you know, uh, like typically I'll, I'll do back squats on a Monday um, and I'm lifting, you know, a lot of times say my body weight, right? And so it, I'm going to be hurting for a few days because I'm literally, you know, you know, ripping muscle and then in order to build it back stronger. And so it takes an, a toll on my running, right? So it's, I'm trying to find the balance of, you know, act, as someone who's actively in, you know, marathon training season, how can I take advantage of the gains that I made earlier in the year, which aren't going to just disappear, but still at this point have a level of maintenance without necessarily trying to have, you know, increased muscle mass in order to put the running first now for the time being and the strength training second. So that's the the tricky part because I'm not just doing body weight um, or I'm not just, you know, I'm, I'm adding load to whatever um, exercise that I'm doing. So it's a little bit of like, you know, I'm actively kind of you know, through trial and error trying to figure out what works, but it's, it's hard because I think a lot of runners typically do more band work or more body weight exercises. But for me, like when we do hills or sprints, like that is a hundred percent attributed to lifting very heavy in the gym. Right. That's why, you know, if, cause now take away that, you know, whatever hundred pounds that you had on your back, now you feel like you're flying. Right. Cause you don't have all that extra weight on you. Yeah. Cause I remember last year when we like, we had just met, I was you know, you talked about, yeah, I lifted this morning and then you go do yeah. speed work. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I've learned through um, trial, like I said, trial and error. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it also depends on, like, on the distance, right? Like now we're running so much, uh, so much longer distances. So it's just not viable at all. Um so yeah, I'm putting running first now and, um, and, and trying to get the strength in, in other ways, like hill workouts, um, more so, or, um, either running first or doing the speed workout first and then lifting, you know, cause that's again, second priority, not first priority. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes like everything we do, it's, it's just basically trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's like the same thing with nutrition. Like I I've been trying to lean into like, what do I enjoy more or not? And and for me, like I never do, for instance, like pasta the night before a race um, to me, like, like pasta is more of like a celebration thing. So I do pasta the day after a long run, you know, cause it's like, that's how I celebrate. Like I enjoy that versus before the long run, I'm probably going to do quinoa or rice or something like that. And so one of the things I want to get back to also is like what you, you mentioned, like you were going to the office a bunch and you didn't know you had pretty much regimented lifestyle. What, what do you do for work? Um, so I work for a real estate developer. Um, we uh, develop uh, as, and buy assets across, um, you know, all the major food groups. So industrial buildings, apartment buildings, senior housing, but I specifically work in student housing. So um, we, essentially build apartments that happen to be in close proximity to universities. 
So if you take University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, for instance, um, we've built um, a few different assets, you know, within a half mile of the campus. And we kind of build what we call um, like poolside real estate, right? Everyone wants to be in walking distance to, you know, campus life, uh, as well as the academic building, you know, the academic buildings and the bars and the restaurants and all of that. Um, So they're essentially like the main difference between a student housing building, not to be confused with the dormitory versus a um, versus like a typical traditional adult apartment building that you and I might live in is we have a few added quirks that make life easier from a student perspective. So for example, if it's you and your four buddies, it doesn't have to be one lease. Everyone can have an individual lease. We'll provide furniture so you don't have to worry about bringing your stuff from your parents. And then like a little bit more of an emphasis on the social component. So it's almost a hospitality kind of um, approach versus just a traditional property manager approach. So uh, within that context, I work on our fundraising and investor relations team. Um, so working on uh, raising money for our projects from you know different entities, from pension funds to endowments. Um, and so it's like a little bit of research, finance, sales, kind of all looped into one. How did you get into this kind of job? Like that's, you know, I've been, <laughs> I've, I've loved hearing about what people do and how they get into jobs that I don't even know exist. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how did I get into this? So I, um, I worked for a market research company. It um, just happened to be in real estate. That was my first job out of college. And um, a year in, I was like, I really enjoy the field. And my background was in humanities. I was a psychology major, and which is probably why I love the sports psych component of running so much and, and sports in general. Um, but I decided I was like, I need to go back to school. So I went back to get my master's in um real estate finance. And um, that's when I transitioned to Chicago and always had wanted to work for a developer because I just, the process is, it's so multifaceted, right? Like you have to find a piece of dirt, figure out what you can put on it, what you're willing to pay for it, what it's zoned for and can zone for currently and can be zoned for in the future. And it's, just so fascinating because you're working with uh, so many different types of people from like architects to the construction guys to um, capital partners and banks um, all. And you're kind of as a developer quarterbacking this whole process, right? To bring something literally from dirt to, to life, you know, out of thin air, right. In essence. And so I, you know, cut my teeth on development at the firm that I'm at currently and um, also learned student housing as an asset class. Um, and I, I really enjoy student housing just because of the emphasis that we, we not only look at the property from a, or the piece of land from a financial perspective, but we're also underwriting and evaluating the, the market which is, you know, the university as well, right? And how many out-of-state students, for instance, are there? Or how many international students are there at this university, which is in turn, right, going to dictate how much market liquidity there is and how much demand essentially, right, there is for this type of student housing product. Because if there's more out-of-state students or more international students, there's more of a need uh, for housing. And so all of this to say the development process is, you know, takes years. And for me, I realized my favorite part of that process was 
sort of the tail end where I get to talk to, you know, a potential partner or investor about the project and tell them, hey, this is why you should be really excited about investing at University of Michigan or University of Illinois or wherever it might be from a financial perspective, from a market perspective, um, you know, and this is why you should do it with us. Um, And so I kind of wanted to do that job full time, right? Not just for the few projects that I was working on. Um, And so made the transition to investor relations and fundraising, which is, you know, you do it all the time because now you're doing it for not just a few development projects, but all of the projects um, in a specific fund, which is just a collection of a bunch of these properties. Um, So it's, it's, I mean, it's, you know, basically you get to talk to people about real estate and markets and different cities. And it's, you know, it's basically asking them, Hey, what are the needs of your pension fund or your endowment? Um, And how can I, maybe potentially be a good fit um, and how can we potentially work together? So it's just, I, to me, it's like I get to talk to really interesting people and learn about what their kind of needs are and, and um, you know, have really interesting conversations about real estate and about them and, you know, what they're looking for. Man, that's that a, sense. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of a it's a lot to take in, but it's definitely yeah. like really interesting. Yeah, huh? it is. I try to. I mean, I try. I know it's like. I mean, imagine me like this. That that was me trying to explain it the best I can. But like, I my parents have no idea what I do as much as I try to explain to them. So they're like, okay, so finance, right? And I'm like, yeah, finance. <laughs> that's for sure. That's what it is. Bringing this back to running, how do you use some of those skills that you've gotten from your psychology and your you know, finance background into running, like, how do you, can you translate that in a way to where you're like, okay, this is what I need to learn about my running or my lifting. Is there a way that you do that? And like with the other things you do outside of work? Well, I, so I feel like, you know, with what I do, everything, you know, where fundraising is, you know, it's an art and a science, right? But so in the sense of, you know, everything is, you know, we're always looking at the data, right? In terms of say market performance or financial performance. Um, And so it's very numbers, you know, driven, very quantifiable. What are our rates this year versus last year, right? To give an example. And so I think I'm attracted to running for that reason, because you can always, you know, like I I said, I haven't forgotten my high school numbers. I, I haven't forgotten every single marathon or half marathon I've run, right? I know what my stats are personally, right? As a runner as well. Um, And so I feel like, you know, to me, it's like very, you know, it's just, I can see if I'm improving or if I'm not improving, right? Just like I can see how our fund or our investments are improving um, over time. And so I feel like there's a kind of a direct correlation there between work and outside of work. Um, In terms of, uh, you know, sort of the psych background, you know, I think it's like, kind of like I said, like for me, it's just really helpful to internalize why are we doing it this way, you know, Um, because then I'm more inclined to do it and do it consistently when I'm running, you know, like I said, whether it's, um, you know, like to give an example, like I'm a morning runner, right? Like I, I missed the run this morning because of the rain and the weather. And, um, you know, I was like, oh, maybe I'll go later, but I know myself, it's just, you know, work comes up, things come up, it's not going to happen. So generally I try to prioritize, you know, I, I need to get out, get out, you know, on the lakefront around five or six in the morning. That's my time. And I, I think like knowing or like with speed workout, you know, knowing my, um, you know, for me, it's like, 
okay, this is going to be hard. We're going to run 400 meters around the, the track, but it's what, you know, it's like a minute and a half. I, like you can, you can deal with it for a minute and a half and kind of, you know, uh, kind of deal with the discomfort temporarily. Um, and so I, I feel like I try to, you know, hone in on, on sort of some of those components that you learn about in psychology, like really cultivating, like being okay, being uncomfortable, right? Like obviously running can hurt some, you know, it's not always like you're feeling great and, you know, warm and fuzzy. Like it, it's really tough a lot of the times. Right. Um, and like, I think you and I've talked about this like a few times, like, I, I feel like I'm an anxious runner. Like I, I'm always like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, <laughs> even though like I've done this so many times before, but um, like, you know, which is part of the reason, like I've started doing some of our speed workouts in the morning because I'm like in the morning, it's not, do I run? Do I not run? You wake up, you go, you know, like it's already set, you know, and versus if I'd said six o'clock at night, there's a hundred, I can come up with a hundred reasons, whether they're real or not real that I can't go, you know, like, Oh, I think my dog needs me. It's, I can't make it, you know, <laughs> like, um, and so it's just, um, you know, I, I think the other thing is like, you know, pre COVID again, like, oh, there's always a, you know, something from work came up. There's always some, you know, emergency or whatever. But at five or six o'clock in the morning, there's not a work emergency. And if it there is, it could probably wait till eight o'clock or nine o'clock in the morning. Like, that's my time. Um, and so I try to, you know, uh, preserve that for myself. And on top of that, like, I mean, you feel great when you get in a run in the, at least I do. I mean, I get in a run early in the morning. Um, I'm on top of the world and it's like not even 7 a.m., you know, like that's how I want to start my day. Um, so I, you know, I, I feel like I, I guess like, I don't know if that answers your question, but you know, I try to, um, try to view it as me time. No, I mean, I, I think you, you definitely did. And it's interesting to see how you take all of the things in your life and kind of put it into each different category. And I think everyone, whether they know it or not, or several people do very similar things of how they structure their work and then structure the things they do outside of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's also like, you know, work can be just so demanding sometimes. And then, you know, things move at, you know, not always the fastest pace, but it's just like, for me, running is a good way to, you know, kickstart the day. And if, if nothing else, like I did this for myself today, right? Like if nothing else went well, at least I know I, I got in the run for, for Kim today, you know? And, and so I feel like that's, um, you know, that's like ending the the day with, with um, like, it's kind of like a gratitude practice. Like, you know, the, I, I feel like to me, it's like, I find it so amazing. Like, you know, how did I go from like at one point struggling to do a lap around the track to, you know, getting ready to run my second marathon and, you know, being so excited about it, you know, like it's just a pretty like amazing sort of evolution. No, I think that's pretty awesome to watch. Like just watch and listen to like the stories I've heard and people are like, oh man, I can't believe I can do this now. But it's, yeah, it's really cool to see. And I'm sure, you know, people you don't even know you're, you're inspiring. So it's, it's awesome to, to see the changes that you've made from high school on. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I, I feel like I always say like when running takes a shit out of the shit ton out of you, right? Like it's like, it, it's a grueling, a grueling thing, but I, I always feel like it's given me back more than it's taken, you know? Um, and so it's like something like the way I think about it is like, I, 
I just want to see what else I'm capable of, right? Like every, every race, every, um, every season, like, you know, and I, I feel like I only just figured or starting to figure it out, like in the past two years, you know, um, and like understand it a little bit better and, and, you know, execute on it a little bit better. And so, um, you know, it, it, and it's inspiring to know that, you know, runners and especially female runners have such long, uh, such um, longevity in their running career. So from my perspective, it's always like, what else, am, what else am I capable of? Like, let's see what else we can do. Um, and so I feel like that, you know, gets me excited and it's, it's also just so funny. Like I was looking at our training schedule for the rest of this month and I was pretty nervous for like our 18 miler last week. And then I looked at the schedule the rest of the month and I was like, Oh, this is doable. Like if we did it in the weather, you know, Saturday's weather and like whatever, 90 plus degrees, like I can definitely do it when it's a little bit cooler, not as horrible conditions, or this is not even brace pace. This is just doing our long distance pace. And it's just so funny how your perspective can shift. You know, if you try to, like, I, I try, and I think you probably heard me say this, view it as not as anxiety, but as excitement. Like I get to do this, you know, or I have done this. So I just have to remind myself I can do it. Um, you know, so, and then plus, you know, you get to feel like a badass and eat, you know, all the good things afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't remember when I started doing this, but I've tried to like, not say, you know, I have to do 18 or something. It's like, uh-huh. really, we, we, we're choosing and get to do 18 because exactly there's so many people who would love to be in our place. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because like, I try to be um like cognizant of how I like talk how I talk about running to non-runners because you know you like you start saying things like oh we're doing an easy whatever mile and and to a lot of people it's not you know that anytime you're getting over five miles they wouldn't put the word easy in front of it right so I try to be cognizant of who you know friends who are not runners when I say that but your perspective changes right when you're doing this every day. All right so I would also love to know what are some of the things that you do for fun outside of running and work? Oh God. I feel like these days it's a lot of eat, sleep, run, repeat, (laughs) but, um, I do love to travel. Um, I've taken uh, a few cool trips this year. Um, So went to uh, Costa Rica for my sister's bachelorette uh, Memorial Day. And um, I really, you know, so we went to a town called Manuel Antonio. And uh, it's kind of like a surfing community beach town. And this, uh, I told, I thought she might enjoy it. And so we went out with a few of our girlfriends and took some surf lessons. And we each had our own instructor. So I was a little bit worried because I couldn't really keep my eye on her because she was out, you know, doing her own thing. And it was my second time doing it. My first time was in San Diego earlier in the year. And, you know, I think our instructor basically was like, basically do a burpee on the surfboard. And honestly, I mean, that is what it is. It's like a burpee and like warrior two, basically, or warrior one, maybe. Um, But it is so, I I don't know if you've ever been or tried it, but I highly recommend it. It's so exhilarating. Like it feels like flying. Um, And my sister had a great time. I was happy she had a great time. I was like, just like literally wave after wave. It was just such, it was so much fun, you know? And so I really want to do, um, 
at the end of this year, like a surf camp. Um, and I, I feel like I can't think of a better way to sort of end the year, like wake up, run, do yoga, spend the afternoon surfing, you know, um, and then do it again every single day. Um, so I've been slowly, slowly starting to kind of get into that as just like a, a fun thing, whenever, whenever I can get access to the beach, you know, which right now is not that frequently in the Midwest. <laughs> But uh, yeah, really enjoyed that. And, and I do do a lot of yoga outside of running. Um, other than that, like I kind of goes hand in hand with travel. Like I love, love to eat, you know, like I'm constantly like half the time on runs and stuff like that. I'm talking about what are you guys eating for breakfast after this? Or what's for, where are you guys going out to dinner afterwards? So like my go-to spot in West Loop for like nicer occasions is Monteverde. Have you been before? I don't think I have been there. It's so good. You have to try it. It's, I mean, I've like been to so many Italian places, but I still go back to that one. It's, it's the best. So if I'm not working or eating uh, or traveling or, you know, it's like, I usually trying to find the next restaurant that I want to go to. Um, but yeah, it's one of my favorites. What's what's next on the list. Do you have, do you have something you want to try? Uh, restaurant wise? Yeah. Uh, so I think, I, there's a place called, um, in, uh, now I'm blanking on the name of it. Um, Tango Sur. I think it's up in Lakeview. Yeah. It's right by the, uh, it's right by the Southport Fleet Feet. Okay. Oh, is it really? Okay. I've heard, um, good things about that, uh, about that place. I think it's BYOB, which is always great. Um, but like, I will also say like the past, like, I, again, this is like a COVID thing because like, you know, you know, it wasn't so, so hard to get around. Like I started going to more and more West Loop restaurants, which is where I'm at. Um, and so, you know, nowadays I'm like, should we try somewhere new or go to our, like our favorite spots? And so do try to venture out a little bit more, but we keep kind of going back to Monteverde. Um, actually went to Maple and Ash uh, a few weeks ago for the first time. And it was phenomenal. Um, would definitely recommend that. And uh tried Alavita uh this past weekend another Italian spot in um in West Loop um but I don't think it stands uh, it doesn't compare to Monteverde good to know I'll have to maybe one of these days I'll get to one of those places yeah well I can also I'll have to break down all the bakeries in West Loop for you (laughs) I feel like we should put that higher on the list uh, yeah, I definitely need the bakery list because yeah. I'm always looking for new places. So I think I, I don't know if I told you, but there's this guy called his name is Dan the Baker. And he started like an Instagram account during COVID and just picked up um, like, a you know, started baking like the rest of us. And he got really proficient at it. And he sells his pastries out of Soho House. You just place the order online and pick them up Friday, Saturday or Sunday. And he has amazing like danishes, breads, everything, bagels. Um, but he has this elote danish, which even if you don't like super sweet, it's like perfect combination of sweet and savory. Like it's amazing. Like you have to try it after the donut ball donut. Dan, Dan the baker. Okay. That's, yeah. that's, that's on my list for sure. Yeah. You know, we've talked about a lot, a variety of things. So, and then to kind of to end things or wrap things up, what are, uh, what are some of your, your future running goals? So um, I'm doing Chicago this fall. Um, my goal is to qualify for Boston um, for 2024. Um, and so I really kind of honed in on that. Um, I, I think it's within my reach. Um, and 
outside of that, like eventually long-term, I'd love to be able to do, you know, be able to say I did all six majors. Um, it's, it's funny. Like I never, like I said, I thought I would just do one marathon and be done with it. And it was only during the taper last year. Um, you know, like everyone, I was kind of stir crazy. And I realized I love the the structure of training, you know, and I love the consistency it provided. Um, and so I definitely want to kind of keep it going and then kind of keep knocking off uh, marathon after marathon and, and, and seeing how that goes. Um, I'd also kind of like to try, um, you know, running a half marathon again. So the one I had done, I did the one June 5th in Chicago, the 13.1 and got it crazy PR. Cause I was comparing it to, you know, my like post college days with the minimal training. And so I did really well, but like, I think I have potential to run it even faster. So I think like probably after the Chicago marathon this year, I'll probably pivot to maybe a half marathon or two and see what I can do there. But yeah, I mean, I just kind of want to like, I feel like I've embraced it as part of like as a lifestyle, you know, and um, it just kind of, I don't know, it, it brings me, you know, happiness and it like, it's kind of just like how I start my day or, you know, it's, it's kind of um, just kind of become a part of my life suddenly, you know, from, a, it feels like suddenly, even though it's probably, you know, an accumulation of a long time, but um, it's been, um, it's, it's just been rewarding. And so I just want to keep going to see what else I can do. That's awesome. You've, you've come, you know, almost, I don't know, like, I can't think of the word I'm trying to say, but you you went from using it as a way just to not be home. Yeah. And now it's yeah. something you like, I like really like doing this and I like need to do it. Yeah, so. absolutely. My parents still don't understand it though. I will say like my dad called me the other day and he's like, where were you? I called you like so many times. And I was like, I was out running and he's like, what are you running for? And I was like, I'm training for the marathon. And he was like, again, and I was like, yes, again. He's like, why did you do this to yourself? And I was like, because I like it. He's like, oh, okay. (laughs) They just don't get it. You know, like they're, uh, it's like, it's, they don't uh, like, they just don't comprehend it. But the the funny thing is like, I hear my, um, my siblings who are in Jersey where my parents are at and they're like, every five seconds, they're like, you know, bringing up my daughter to this, or let me tell you about how fast my daughter runs, you know? So like they get it, but they don't, you know, fully get it, but they'll use it as an excuse to like brag. (laughs) That's awesome. I I like that. They're like, we don't know why she does this, but we're proud of her. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. Like uh, I should mention, like last year, my brother and sister came up to watch me for the marathon and my mom couldn't make it. And so we showed her like she could track me on the app and she messages, you know, our group family group chat. And she's like, yeah, I see the little dot moving like on the course. But like, why can't I see her face? And I was like, I'm not like I'm not an elite runner. Like there's not a webcam on, you know, on my face the whole time. Like that's not how it works, you know. But you know, you should. Now now you have to get one of those uh, GoPros and so you can extend a live stream. Seriously, I really, I really, after Chicago, I really want to do New York um, because I think it'd be just awesome because I've got family in New York and Jersey. Um, it would just be awesome to like have the whole family there and make it kind of more of a family affair, um, you know, and and just do it for the, you know, uh, experience, you know, maybe to do a marathon, not necessarily to be as competitive as possible, but just to kind of see everyone and take it all in. That's awesome. Um, I think, I think that's all I've got. Is there anything else you'd like to bring up or discuss? 
Um, no, how did you get, I guess I'm curious about you. How did you get started with podcasting? I know it was a COVID thing. Is that right as well? Like a start, you started in COVID? Yeah, largely. I I do have a journalism background. I went to University of Missouri. And so I I actually worked at an NPR station. So, oh, really? Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, I've always had an interest in broadcast stuff. So kind of always, I got the idea of like just starting a running podcast to help diversify the running podcast world a little bit. And, you know, I'm still doing it. That's awesome. Well, I, it's funny you say that because I don't, I don't know if I, so my, like, if I was to do it over again, right. Like career, all of that, I feel like my dream job, which I didn't know was a job back then would be, was to be like a news correspondent, you know, which is kind of like being a podcast host. You just get to talk to interesting people, um, you know, and learn about them, which is, I guess, sort of, you know, like I said, what I do now in a different, in a uh, real estate context, but it's cool that you get to do that, you know, in a different form. Yeah, it's really fun. I, you know, I love meeting new people or getting to learn more about the people I already know. So it's it's been a a, a cool project so far. Yeah, no, I've I've been um I've been listening to a lot of uh, the shows that you've done. So um, it's been enjoyable. I listen to them actually a lot of the times when I go running as well. Thank you. I, I appreciate you taking taking me with you on your runs. <laughs> yes, you literally like, literally or we're running next to one another, one or the other. <laughs> All right, Kim, uh, that's that's all I've got for you. But again, thanks for taking time out of your day and joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, have a good rest of your night and I'll probably see you this week at some point. Sounds good. Thanks, Mike. All righty, have a good one. Thanks, you too. Bye. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join me, Kim. I will be rooting hard for you to achieve your goal of qualifying for Boston. We will also have to eat lots of dessert along the way. Don't forget to follow me at Keeping Pace Pod on Instagram. Thank you all for listening. I'll talk to you soon.